Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me uh, is Patrick Brewer, as usual. How are you doing today, Patrick? I'm doing great, James. How are you? Not not, not doing too well. Uh, same old staying with my uh, sickness, but, uh, you know, I'm <laughs> fighting through it, and uh, there could be worse things to complain about, I guess. Um, very excited to be uh, here with uh, the new Padre Social Hour host, uh, Mike Janellis, taking some time uh, off of his busy schedule to... Uh, to talk with us a little bit. Uh, how are you doing today, Mike? Hey, guys. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Not a problem at all, man. How, welcome to the Padres. We're, we're excited. Uh, Patrick and I have been uh, reviewing your bio, and it's it's really impressive the uh, the amount of work that you've done uh, in the industry and, and other aspects of, uh, of uh, multimedia and stuff as well. Thanks. No, I'm happy to be now in the big leagues. Uh, I've done so much baseball in the past. I'm sure we'll get into that, but it's anyone's dream to make it to the show. For me, it was as a kid hoping to make it as a player, that dream was very quickly stomped out. <laughs> so being able to do this and be part of the Padres now and get my first spring training under my belt and uh, get things going here with the pods is very exciting for me. Nice, nice. Um, why don't you start off and, and tell us a little bit about uh, the social hour job and, and the process of being hired and, and you know what uh, what that all went uh, was like for you. Sure. Well, I'm sure a lot of the Padres fans who are familiar with the show know what it's like. It's been two seasons on the air, uh, Padres Social Hour. It's an hour-long, every-day-of-the-season show where we have different co-hosts, different guests come on, front office, players, analysts, experts, some fun guests here and there, too. And it's just something that's really fun. You know, you're going to get from a lot of different places a lot of different types of analysis, but... What Social Hour hopes to be is what it says right in the name, just an hour where it's kind of social, it's friendly, it's a deep dive into the team for people who really care about it, but also it's going to be fun. And so when I saw that uh, Jesse Agler, the former host, was moving up to the radio booth and the Padres were looking for someone to take his place for the show, it just struck me as a perfect opportunity for me and luckily the Padres agreed and so they had an audition process and they went through uh, I don't know how many candidates uh, it's a question for the front office but all I know is that I was the last one standing and I'm extremely grateful for that um, but coming from an entertainment and sports and news and pop culture uh, background personally to be able to be on a show that mixes all those elements and that really wants to have fun it's baseball and fun and it should be those two things together for me, it was a dream come true, and I'm happy that I get to take over that brown chair uh, come opening day. Yeah, we're, we're we're definitely excited to have you and uh, bring a different dimension to the, to the hosting that uh, you know some little different than, than the Jesse uh, typically was. But it's it's exciting to have someone uh, new, kind of a East Coast uh, look, if you will, to us. Uh, so, have you had any uh, time in San Diego before uh, the hiring process? I have, actually. So I came out on vacation, as a lot of people who live on the East Coast do, uh, when weather gets bad. Although I actually came in a June, so I don't know. I didn't really take advantage of the climate difference. But, uh, yeah, so I came out here back in 2010. Uh, yeah, it was 2010 because there was a World Cup going on, I remember. And, uh, yeah, caught a Padres game. It was a walk-off win at Petco, so I thought that was, I guess, a good omen now looking back in hindsight. Yeah, really. Uh, but, yeah. Um, loved it, you know, loved just visiting, loved the food, the people were great. And then I was able to come back a couple times for work in the ensuing years, never for too long, but always, no matter how little time I spent in the town, I always thought to myself, this is on the short list of cities I think I would, you know, move to if I had the opportunity to. And lo and behold, a couple years down the road, that ended up being the case. So once I saw that, I took no hesitation in jumping at the chance. 
Nice. Yeah, it's uh, San Diego is definitely, uh, like you say, one of those places that people visit and they're like, mm, I think I could live there. <laughs> yeah, and it definitely sold me, so I agree yeah. with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. For sure. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your baseball background. I know a lot of uh, fans were interested in knowing uh, specifically, you know, what you've done, uh, both in broadcasting and in writing and in, in general. Yeah, like a lot of baseball media, I think I realized very early on that I wasn't good at playing the game, but I still loved it and wanted <laughs> to still be involved in it. And this is a true story. So I played Little League like a lot of people growing up. And in my 10-year-old season, so right as other kids were having their growth spurts and I'm not, this is a true story. I made contact once all season at the plate, and I was a starter, so it wasn't like I wasn't ever playing. And the one contact I made was a foul ball down the first base side. So I knew then that after wow. a season of strikeouts and a couple of walks uh, and some motivational speeches that maybe it was better <laughs> off for me getting off the diamond uh, instead of trying to stay on it. And I, from then, I just loved it, and I wanted to really get into staying involved with it. So, uh, yeah, I did sports writing through high school, and then when I finally got to college, I went to Syracuse University, upstate New York. Uh, they don't have a baseball program. Uh, the weather up there does not, is not very baseball conducive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I still loved it. So what I did was I did summer ball. So I ended up spending okay. a summer doing play-by-play in the Alaska Baseball League, uh, wow. which I've seen a bunch of major leaguers that were – there that season, or I guess have made it to the majors from that season. Um, Mark Zepchinski, who was a Padres reliever, was traded uh-huh. in the offseason last year. Uh, he and I, uh, not roommates, but we were kind of bunkmates uh, in a lot of those Alaska hotels. He was on the team that I was broadcasting for. So uh, the ties go way back. I did the, a year in the Cape Cod League. Again, a lot of all-stars have come from the teams that were there that season. Uh, Brett Wallace, who's in camp with the Padres now, was a guy who killed us. I think he hit like 664 against the team I worked for that summer. Um, So did those two to keep uh, my baseball love sharp through college. And then after I graduated, I did a year of independent baseball play-by-play, a year with the single-A Hickory Crawdads, who were at the time the affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I worked for some college baseball down in North Carolina as well. Uh, All of that play-by-play, but also blogging, player interviews, media relations, kind of the whole thing when you're working at those levels of the game. You wear a lot of hats, and that was definitely the case. So, yeah, I've seen my fair share of 14-inning games and on 10-hour overnight bus rides to the next stadium and rain delays. I've pulled tarp. Uh, I've done it all. So uh, I've seen a lot of good guys come up to I got to see Madison Bumgarner in his first professional season when he was maybe 60 pounds less of muscle than he is now. Um, so seeing that kind of stuff, it's just been really cool. And now to make it to the big league level is Fantastic. a dream come true for me. It's it's great to hear that, that you know you've paid your dues and you know you've been there. You've you've had the long bus rides and you know you've you've worked your way to where you are. And I, I think a lot of fans were. You know, like like all fan fan bases, there were some fans that were like, you know, who's this guy? Where's he coming from? You know, I just love to be able to put that to rest that, you know, you've been there, (laughs) you've done your work. And, you know, this is not just some guy they pulled out of the hat that 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 is plopped into the host, you know. So, you know, that's that's fantastic to hear, Mike. Yeah, no, if there's any doubt about my love for the game or my increasing love for, you know, this Padres fan base and getting to work with these guys and get this team as they're on an upswing now. Uh, in my opinion, it, it's that should yeah it should hopefully be laid to rest because this is a sport I love. This is a city I'm going to grow to love and a team uh, that I'm going to love covering as well. 
Nice. I, I don't know if you saw a tweet that uh, Bill Center had sent out regarding you. Uh, there were a couple fans who were kind of getting on the Padres saying, uh, you know, who's this guy? He's not a native San Diegan. He doesn't know about the Padres. And uh, Bill Center had a great response. His response was, well, neither did Tony Gwynn or Jerry Coleman before they were. Yeah, uh, I had a problem with Bill with that because that's some high, ex- some real high expectations. Well, that now I have to no, but I, 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 it is high Ooh. expectations, but it, it definitely, you know, People need to realize that you know the, the Padres are, are are aware of what they're doing, and you know you need to give a person a chance before you put a, put any kind of uh, you know blame on them or, or any kind of uh, stigma attached to them. So I, I I love Bill Center, and, and it was a fantastic that he came out and defended you right away. And uh, you know he's he's a great man. Yeah, all joking aside, it, it really meant a lot to me. Uh, Bill was someone that I got to know a little bit during the audition process, and for him to give me that kind of endorsement, the kind of clout he carries. And the time he's put in in San Diego uh, meant a lot. So I'm excited. He's not here in spring training yet, but he will be coming any day now. So I'm excited to see him. Uh, give him a little ribbing for putting me in that group right away. And first, <laughs> I have to live up to that reputation. But yeah. uh, thanking him for definitely being someone that uh, I do respect saying something very nice. Yeah, he's he's definitely one who's, you know, he puts his words uh, very carefully out there. And, and he uh, he I think he uh, put the, put that person to 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 rest on their their problems <laughs> that they had. Uh, Patrick, did you have anything uh, in particular for Mike? Uh, I'm hogging all the time with him, I know. Oh, yeah, no worries. Uh, I was just – I wanted to ask him uh, what spring training has been like so far. I mean, I'm not sure if you've been before, obviously, but definitely in a different capacity this year. So what's that been like so far? Um, have you met anyone, I guess, interesting yet, maybe any interesting players that you want to mention? Uh, yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind, but not just for me, for everyone. Because don't forget, this is a new type of spring training for a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. Andy Green is new, and from what I hear, he's running camp a little bit uh, differently than previous spring trainings. But it's also not just him and his whole new staff, not whole new staff, but a lot of new coaches uh, on his staff, but also a lot of new players. Uh, and so talking to some of the guys who have been around, like an Andrew Kashner or a Tyson Ross, and talking to them about all these new guys that they're trying to get to know better, it's kind of a whirlwind for everybody because you have pitchers and catchers who have already reported. You have some position players who, while they haven't had to report yet, have already. So you have them kind of mixing in and doing uh, their own thing. So uh, it's been it's been great uh, for me personally, like you say, my first spring training, especially in this capacity. Uh, but it's been it's been fun. I think it's a lot of encouraging stuff out of the first couple of days, and especially with a lot of guys vying for bullpen slots. I think that competition is going to be really intriguing and it's going to make it a very interesting spring training to follow because you have so many guys trying to earn what are a lot of open spots. And the starting staff is going to be, I think, the main strength of this team. And already you're hearing the catchers talk about how in command Tyson Ross is this early in spring. And Andy Green today just said Andrew Kashner's changeup on day two of spring training looks as good as it has in years from what he's seen from Kashner before. So nice. it's been it's been really cool, very encouraging, and I'm excited to see as the the drills turn into more player specific development and into more team improvement and once the position players report en masse in a few days from now, how the team starts gelling together, I think it's only gonna be more and more exciting. That's definitely a good news to hear that everyone's everyone's looking good out there. <laughs> yeah, so far. And obviously, it's it's a year where a lot of these guys want to put a lot of the doubts that maybe crept up into the fan base last season to rest. I think Andy Green said it on the very first day we were here talking to the media. He said these guys do not lack for confidence. 
and he told uh, the assembled media, you guys do the projections and what you think we're supposed to do, and we're just going to go out there and win and take care of it. So it's a group of guys, I think, with a chip on their shoulder in a good way and with the confidence to do it, and I think health and development and progression uh, permitting. This is a group that has a, a good chance to really quiet a lot of those naysayers and do better than a lot of people are expecting. Yeah, I would definitely say there's a lot, uh, I guess, to prove based on how, I guess, poor last season went with the uh, record, obviously not what we wanted it to be. So there's definitely a lot there. But um, have you met anyone, I guess, who have you met so far that's left the biggest impression on you maybe? For me, it's got to be Tyson Ross. Uh, with the announcement that he was going to be or he will be the opening day starter, the confidence that he took that in and he addressed the media later that same day and just – Swag is such an overused word the last couple of years, and I don't think it's bordering on that, but it's just this this assuredness, uh, this certainty of belief in yourself that he carries himself with. And um, from what I've been told, he's added a lot of muscle in the offseason as well. He looks just like he's ready for 200-plus innings this year. And just the way that he has been talking to people and looking people in the eye and just the determination, you could tell there's a focus in his look. And I think getting that opening day nod is something that's going to do a lot for his confidence. And just the way he's carrying himself this spring as someone who's never really seen him up close but has seen him a lot on TV before, I've just been really amazed by the way he carries himself. And I think that's going to portend really good things for 2016. Yeah, I think he's I think he's definitely in for a huge year one way or another just based on his recent success. And he's constantly been building up, building up. And I think he's ready to take that sort of, I guess, leadership role because James Shields sort of took a step back uh, last year. So I think that Ross is ready to step into that ace role. And I think it says a lot that Andy Green's already, I guess, picking his opening day starter before spring training even really got underway. So I think that really that really says a lot for me, at least. Yeah, it does. And with a younger guy, with a James Shields, and Andy Green said this too, he knows what he is. He's confident in his position and in his career and on this team. So I think you know it would benefit someone like Tyson Ross more to get that confidence boost. Whereas mm-hmm. James Shields, you know what you're going to get. Last year being a bit of an outlier in some instances, yeah. but you can bank on him pretty much, you know, regressing positively back toward the mean this year. Whereas I think Tyson is the guy that you hand him the ball, metaphorically, this early in spring, saying, "Hey, day one against Kershaw and the Dodgers, we want you out there and we want you to knock him off." I think that does a lot for a guy who's looking for that breakout year at his age. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice to see uh, Ross be able to, you know, be put into that role to, to develop, if you will, and to, to grow as a player. He's, uh, he's definitely one of the best, and that slider that he has is just nasty. It is, and I think he's trying to really focus in on that, and if he can mix that up with – you know, pinpointing his fastball, I think the big that's his big thing is getting that command of his of his heat because that slider has been a hammer pitch for him already. So I think yeah. if he can work on that location and then mix in that slide piece. It's uh, good luck NL West batters this year. That's all I got to say. Yeah, seriously, it, consistency and is all he really lacks, and and and, and he's and on, he's, he's got, almost. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, and he's grown that goatee out to a full beard, so he's really—he just, he's just looks like he means business even yeah. more so this year. So it's, it's going to be good looking all around, I think. That seems to be a, a Padre motif. Are, are we going to see a, beards, a so many beards. beard too? Or no, no, I'm clean shaven is my look, and I don't know how these guys do it. It's it's 85 here every day at you know nine in the morning, yeah. uh, so and and San Diego is a different story. Obviously, it's a bit more pleasant the temperatures there, but here. 
I can't imagine once we get a month into games uh, how these guys are going to keep these beards. I yeah. don't ask me, but it's not happening on this face. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So, you know, how how rough is it going to be you watching the Padres take on the Mets? I know that you were a big Mets fan, or, or you are a big Mets fan. Um, uh, no, I, you grow that. up You grow up where you grow up, and you like who you like uh, growing up. And that was something, you know, my dad passed down to me growing up right outside of New York. But as you grow mm-hmm. older, you realize that, you know, it's not what it was when you were 9 or 10 years old. So I'll have no problem when the Padres take on the Mets. It'll be interesting to see you know when they travel to city field and i'm here in san diego watching uh Uh normally maybe i'd be in those seats but now i'm on the other side of a country and a tv and seeing uh, the team that's now my team taking on a team that you know used to be uh but no it's not going to be any kind kind of an issue like that uh it was fun to be in new york for their world series run this past Uh october uh anytime one of the teams in any of the leagues uh any of the sports uh, makes a big run in New York. It's just an electric place to be. And I'm excited to see if that can happen to San Diego sometime soon because the Mets, they're a good model. I mean, they built that team yes. the last couple of years from complete rubble, and they just stockpiled power arms. And right now the Padres have a very similar kind of feel where the starting rotation is a strength. And the Mets, if you remember last year, some of the names they were trotting out in their lineup in July – it's like, oh, yeah. you know, I think it's, you know, uh, John Mayberry Jr. and cleanup or I mean, yeah, and they end up in the World Series. So I think for fans who may be discouraged, that the Padres may be in the wilderness forever. Uh, the Mets are picture proof that and even the Royals, too, from where they were before this yeah. big prospect binge a few years ago. That doesn't happen. So there's a smart front office here. And I think, uh, if anything, for me to contribute from having. I've uh, been around where the Mets play the last couple of years. It's just, hey, Padres fans, things will get better. And I think, you know, San Diego's on the right track. Yeah, definitely. You know, we're we're definitely uh, feeling the uh, positivity, the, the the culture change, if you will. Um, you know, what was your feelings on the franchise from an outsider's perspective? Um, to to us, it's the Padres have always struggled for an identity. Is that something that you kind of felt being a uh, outsider and looking at them um, from, you know, a, a, a different fan's perspective, if you will. Being on the East coast, especially uh, when you're in the media, I don't think there's as much of an East coast bias as people believe nationwide, but when you're mm-hmm. not heavily involved in baseball, I think it's very easy to fall into that trap. Um, and so I think a lot of people outside of San Diego or California yeah, you look at the at the teams, and unless you're the Dodgers, whose identity is big spending Hollywood, or you're the Mariners, who had an Ichiro, kind of an icon, where you can say, oh yeah, that's what I think of when I think of the Mariners. Um, or the Diamondbacks, when they had the Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, kind of one-two punch. For the Padres, I think for so long, their identity was Tony Gwynn. And that's what everyone nationwide associates with mm-hmm. when they think of the Padres. And I think just like the NBA kind of struggled in their post-Jordan years, I think once Tony retired, the Padres, until those uh, Bruce Bochy-led teams, had a, a tough struggle trying to really you know, find an identity. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair assessment. And I think now what they're trying to do is you know, every team's trying to find an identity. And I think last year it was, you know, we're going for a win now. We have a lot of talented veterans that we've acquired and that we think can make a big difference. And that obviously didn't work as well as planned. And now I think you're seeing a shift to stockpiling picks for the upcoming draft, building around a good starting rotation, hoping a couple of guys on the offense can come back from whether it was injuries or first year jitters or anything like that. 
And I think they're really starting to trend toward what you're seeing a lot of other teams do, which is smart and prudent front office work and building for the long haul as opposed to those 90s and early 2000s Florida Marlins teams where you kind of build, build, build right away, tear it all down and try the cycle all over again. I think staying the course is going to be the smart thing for this team to do. And they, they've got a couple guys that can help carry those flags. If you're looking at a Tyson Ross, Will Myers, if he comes back and that wrist stays strong, he can be a big breakout guy. Matt Kemp is already the headline marquee name. If he can do what he did at the end of last year, at the beginning of this year, I think this is a team that in no time may have an identity and a very positive and winning one. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I think that they could turn some heads and surprise some people this year. Uh, the expectations aren't like last year, so I think they don't have the pressure uh, in that regard. Uh, but, you know, the team is, is almost the same as last season. You know, you take away up, then you take away the bullpen a little bit here and there, but they've, you know, changed um, the balance on the team, if you will, and the defense on the team. And, and, I, and I have to think that that's going to be, on you know, for the positive of the team. And don't shortchange, I don't think anyone is shortchanging the contributions Justin Upton and Craig Campbell and, you know, Joaquin Benoit made. And yes. you're going to lose three guys like that and even Ian Kennedy too. And you're not going to be, be the same. And on paper, you put that all into a machine and, and things will probably spit out that, that this year may not be as good as last year. But for me, there's a lot of good silver linings. Matt Kemp's second half last year was monstrous in a good mm-hmm. way. Um, Melvin Upton Jr., he played really well, and even that was with dealing with uh, some obstacles last year. And I think, being one of three brothers myself, I think he's going to do really well having the stage to himself now with Justin uh, able to do his own thing in Detroit. Yeah. Um, that's just complete you know, subjective conjecture, but I think he's due for a big season. Will Myers was raking before he got hurt last year, so if he comes back with that kind of production, I mean, that's three guys right there that could essentially be upgrades over themselves already last year. And I think that coupled with the starting rotation and the bullpen, you know, bullpens are, I think the easiest thing to turn around in baseball. You see it time and again. And if that can, yeah, if that can come, you know, together and they've got a couple of good arms here in spring training, I think, yeah, there are a lot of good, good seeds planted for, for things to turn out positively this year. Definitely, yeah, we're 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 excited. We're we're happy that uh, AJ is making some um, you know significant moves and and ch- kind of changing the philosophy uh, of the team, if you will. Uh, have you had any uh, interaction with AJ Preller? I don't know if you have or not. Yeah, we chatted a bit yesterday. Uh, okay, and yeah, talking. What's your impression of him? Uh, you know, is he everything that everyone says about him? Is the baseball mind and you know just uh, always thinking about the team? He is, he is, and he got that kind of label of Rockstar GM last year for all the moves he made, and I think he looks at that and kind of you know laughs at it a bit tongue-in-cheek, uh, but I think he, he's a smart guy, and you could just tell he's asking everyone around you know, their opinions on things. You know, I just, the first time I met him, just a couple days ago, and he asks me, you know, what do you, how do you think we're going to do this year? Do you think I wow. should you know, make some trades? Do you think, do you like the roster? What are your thoughts? And for me, a guy he literally, oh. you know, meets within minutes to be asking opinions. That's how you know you're a good leader is when you take yes. all the advice around you and then you are the one who makes the final call. And I think the team and the front office and the fans are in good hands with him. He's a young guy. He's energetic. He's dynamic. His uh, years of traveling all around Latin America, I think, speak to the fact that he's passionate and he's good. He's accessible. He's great around the people here at camp. And I think he's someone that definitely has a vision in mind. I think last year was a great go for it 
uh, effort. I don't think any fans would uh, trade that again. The buzz last year around this team and the anticipation, the excitement, that's what hot stove season is. But now I think he sees uh, how that worked out, and now he's trying something a little bit different. But I think he's a smart guy, a baseball mind, like you said, and I think he's the right guy to get this franchise back to where it wants to be. Nice. Yeah, that's that's so impressive that, that he's actually you know taking outside opinions in and 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 learning from them, if you will. And you know, the game of baseball is ever changing. You're ever learning. Even the greatest players ever constantly learned. And you know, you can't uh, have that uh, supremest attitude, if you will. And it's fantastic that he's uh, taking other people's opinions and, and weighing them out. Yeah, and to the point, you'll have people who might say, "Oh, well, why is he asking the the TV pregame radio show host what his thoughts are?" But it, to your point, he's got a great front office, he's got a great cabinet, if you will, and mm-hmm. he just likes taking in as much information as you can. And when you've got a brain like that, you have a hard drive with a lot more memory than most people. <laughs> and I think he definitely knows where to parse and what to keep and what to discard. And in the end, I think he's got all the tools and all the right people around him in that front office doing the smart work to make those final decisions. Yeah. No, it's it's uh it's definitely uh impressive the way he con- conducts himself and and uh Padre fans are are really impressed with his uh, overall general behavior. <clears throat> um, you know, talk to us a little bit about uh you know, your work on Firewire. Uh I've read your your pieces the last couple of days and you know, it, is that something that you enjoy doing? Do you really enjoy writing? Um is that a passion that you have or um, is something that you're kind of segueing into broadcasting. You know, talk talk to me about your ambition as far as uh, Major League Baseball and what you uh, what you want to attain in in, uh, in the game. I just love producing content. Okay. So for me, it's anything and multi-platform, multimedia. I dig it. Uh, I originally started, I guess, my media career uh, in newspaper when I was in high school. The local paper. I had a teenage section, teen writer section that came out once a week in the lifestyle right behind the sports page. And I was a columnist for that. That was the first ever paid gig I got doing media when I was 14. I did the student paper in college. I did some high school sports reporting after I got out of college. So for me, writing has always been uh, something I've really enjoyed. Uh, my my dreams and my ambitions have been broadcasting. That's why I got into it as well as I got a little bit older. And that's why I'm very excited to be doing social now, so that's my you know the main passion is doing broadcasting. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, I've done play-by-play, I've done studio hosting uh, on the done radio talk shows, I've done TV, I've done digital and web, and I've done short form and long form and blogging and newspaper writing and pretty much everything you can do. Essentially, I've I've hosted podcasts too, and so it's nice. something where I just love producing content. I love putting stuff out there. Uh, I like to. Th- that I see things in a unique way, that I can research things in a unique way, and I just like delivering people something that they might not be able to experience otherwise. And with Firewire, which, you know, shameless plug, you know, visit, uh, visit <laughs> us away, at Firewire, yeah, our, our official Padres MLB blog. Uh, check it out. Well, we're doing every day during spring training, and we'll see if things may differ a bit when the games start. Maybe we'll do even more stuff, but uh, Andy Green addresses the media every morning, and we're going to have the, the best uh, clips from, from that takeaway. So if you just need the Cliff's notes of what Andy Green's telling the media uh, every day, we'll have it there for you. We'll also have the full video media press conference if you want to really do a deep dive and watch the whole thing. So we got both of those for you. And then we're also doing a daily recap. It's called The Spring Scoop, and it's just the coolest 
Instagram posts and tweets and the, the most fun pictures. Uh, today, right. Hideo Nomo had a, a line of people like three deep waiting for autographs from him after a pitcher's bunting session. And that's just a cool picture, you know. If you're not at spring training, you may not know that Hideo Nomo is in full uniform signing autographs for these eight-year-old kids. And we want to put that stuff out there. And if you're if you missed whatever happened in Padre spring training that day, if you haven't been on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat, check out our Padre Snapchat. It's really fun. Um, if you miss any of that stuff, we're trying to get that for you at the end of every day as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I love the writing, so I love being able to do that stuff when we're not filming social hour or we're not gathering video assets. Uh, so for me, it's just a matter of getting as much Padre stuff uh, for people to consume uh, as possible because there's plenty of it, and I know right. you guys want to consume plenty of it. So I'm happy and we're happy as a, a whole team here to deliver it. Exactly. You know, for for a site like ourselves, it's not privileged enough to make it out there every day and every morning and see the the team and, and how they're preparing. It's it's gold and it's vital information for us, and, and we really appreciate the that uh, Friar and yourself are, are going out of the way and producing that for us. It's, it's, uh, it's nice to have the fans um, a little more interaction with the team and uh, feel a little bit more part of the team, if you will. Yeah, it's 2016. You know, there's so much interaction. And if you're not doing it, then you're really doing your fans a disservice, I think. No matter – I don't care if it's baseball. It's really anything. And so we think it's great, and we're striving to make it even better. Uh, you know, I think our Padre Snapchat today, Jabari Blast just picked up a basketball and started, you know, shooting some jumpers uh, around the basketball court they have here. And that's just something nice. that it's not going to be in uh, a, a nationwide ESPN report. It's not going to be something that's included in a game notes or anything like that. But if you're not here in Peoria and you open up your Snapchat and you see Jabari just letting loose and shooting some hoops and having fun and seeing that he's feeling so part of this team already and so loose – I think that's encouraging and that's cool. It's just something that you see behind the curtain that you may not otherwise. Yeah, no, it's all it's always it's always great to get more information about the team and, and the different uh, look, if you will. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to give you guys for sure. For sure, uh, Patrick. I know you had questions regarding uh, Mike and his in uh, his his uh, past with uh, Guinness Book. Yeah, I, I, as as a kid, I always I always loved watching those like Ripley's Believe It or Not and like uh, reading the Guinness books and all that sort of stuff. So I wanted, to, I guess, I guess, talk to you a little bit about more about what you did and, and how that what that was like for you. Sure. Well, first, as a nice shout out to my old uh, coworkers and employees, it's simply Guinness World Records now. It's not the Guinness Book. I was <laughs> that was drilled into me from a PR perspective for years, so I got to make sure that I still do that right. Uh, it was great, and like you, like a lot of people, I grew up with that book as well uh, when it was just a book. Uh, but yeah, I spent five years there, and I started as their sports records manager. So any sports related world record. I was the one who approved it or rejected it. Uh, that was both new ideas. That was both existing records that people were trying to break. And that was everything. Uh, it, it included baseball and basketball and football and all the sports that we associate with here. But it also included uh, camogie and hurling and uh, marathon running and cricket and all these things that either I didn't know about or I knew just a little bit about. And that was, you know, research and time and the effort I became an expert in. Uh, so that's uh, how I started with them. And I did a lot of hosting for them, uh, a YouTube series and a bunch of TV appearances. So I was able to do a lot of cool sporting events uh, through that and see a lot of cool places and go and do a lot of 
amazing things. And it was just great. You meet a lot of incredible people. I've met the shortest woman in the world. I've uh, met the woman with the longest fingernails. Oh, I've, met the, I've met the tallest dog. Uh, <laughs> it's It's been a lot of stuff, a lot of countries, a lot of people, a lot of good stories. It was, it was a great chapter of my life uh, and one that uh, I'll always remember. Oh, making my skin crawl with the the fingernails. <laughs> I was great. I have a great picture where she's uh, behind me, kind of giving me a hug, and the nails just go down to like my belt from over my Ooh. shoulders. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> she she was the coolest. She was the coolest woman, uh, and it was great to meet her. And yeah, it's, those are memories that you're never gonna forget. So, what would you say is your, I guess, uh, favorite record that you were on hand for, or favorite memory that you were on hand for? Um, it's probably a tie for favorite record. Uh, one was, it wasn't sports related at all. It was the longest marathon playing guitar. Uh, this guy wow. played guitar for a hundred, over a hundred hours. And they wow. do allow you, Guinness World Records does, uh, five minutes break for every hour of activity you do in those kinds of instances. So okay. you can play an hour and then take a five minute break, or you can play eight hours and then take a 40 minute nap. That's up to you. So he had some breaks. It wasn't completely nonstop, but still, uh, even under those circumstances to play over a hundred hours of completely, uh, different songs and not being able to repeat anything was amazing. And being there for that was incredible. And the other was kind of sports related. There was surfing and this professional surfer in Panama, uh, it was the longest straight surf. So basically the longest marathon surfing, but this was not allowed any breaks. So he was on the Panama Canal following a boat that I was on that was creating a wave. And this was the first time ever that the Panama Panamanian government allowed a non-commercial vehicle, I guess, or boat on the canal because that's meant to be for business and commerce only. So this is the first time they opened it up to something uh, public or commercial or non-commercial, I should say. And he was on this surfboard nonstop for three hours and 56 minutes, I think. He was going for four hours and his legs literally just gave out. The muscles couldn't take it anymore at the end. But I remember just seeing these huge tankers doing their deliveries across the canal. And here we are, this little speedboat and this surfer about 10, 15 feet behind us and his staff just tossing him bananas and Red Bulls and whatever to keep his energy (laughs) up and him like missing an apple and it falls into the canal. And that was just so cool, so cool. Um, So those two are my favorite records. And then for favorite memories, I mean, uh, they did the largest – Toast at Fenway Park for the for Fenway's hundredth anniversary, uh-huh. and I was on top of the Green Monster as Pedro Martinez and Kevin Millar leading the whole crowd in a toast. That was really cool to see. Uh, I went to the 2012 NBA All Star Game, and a bunch of the NBA players were attempting basketball shot records. So I'm telling LeBron James, no, you know, you did not get that record, and me telling LeBron James no. I never would have thought in a million years I'd had that opportunity. And then him like putting an arm around me and saying thanks anyway and having a good laugh about it. So that kind of stuff. It was just it was years of that. It was really cool. And uh yeah, like I said, definitely a period in my life that uh I wouldn't have traded for anything back then. Man, where do I sign up for that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you have to give up this gig and I know how much you guys are into the Padres San Diego sports. You got to Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was, but uh it definitely ran its course. Uh it's not a forever thing with all that travel, and now I'm just excited to be able to do something that I, one of my first love really 
yeah, baseball and nice. sports and getting to cover that and get back into it. Uh, it's something that I took a little bit of a detour from when I got into you know, the world record breaking somewhat, uh, but mm-hmm. it's something I've always loved and kept a finger on the pulse of. And now mm-hmm. I'm happy to just dive back into it head first. Mm-hmm. So going off of the traveling, I, me and James were talking about this. I read that you've been to 25 uh, stadiums. Is that right? 24. 24? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which ones have you not been to? So I have not been to Baltimore, Camden Yards, which everyone says is egregious because I lived near there for so long and I never made it. But it just <laughs> hasn't happened yet. So Camden Yards, uh, the two in Florida, so I haven't been to Tampa or the new Miami Park. Mm-hmm. And then Texas, Oakland, and Seattle. Those are the six that I are still on my list. Wow. Well, you that, cross a few off. Yeah. You, you should cross a few off this year, hopefully. Well, I mean, we're doing we're doing shows every day, so I don't think I'm going to be able to have uh, too much time to to visit other places. I'm all Padres uh, all season long. I wouldn't have yeah. it anyway. I thought they were going to try to sneak you out on the road there, here, here, or there. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if that's something that maybe I can uh, I can put into the suggestion box a little bit later. But that's down the road. First things first is getting social hour, uh, as well as Jesse was doing it last year and getting that ship righted. Nice, nice. Uh, okay, so you know, talk to us a little bit about Social Hour. Is there anything uh, new to it this year? Anything you can divulge uh, for the fans out there, or is it just uh, kind of the same old uh, spiel, if you will? Well, we don't want to come in and do and rock the boat too much. Uh, Jesse and crew did a great job last year, and as I was auditioning for the show, I went back and watched a ton of episodes. And for me, I think it's a perfect show for for a fan to get behind. So we're not going to try and reinvent the wheel to use a cliche. Uh, I am at spring training. Those are abundant uh, around baseball. Uh, so we're not <laughs> going to try and do anything too crazy, but we are definitely going to try and mix it up because you have to evolve. And if you don't, uh, things can get stayed anything over time. So uh, we're not going to be too drastic for departure. It's not going to be a one-man show for 60 straight minutes with no uh, extra cutaways or anything like that. But um, I'm not going to give away any of our secrets yet because that's what we call a tease in the business. But we do have a lot of cool things up our sleeve. We're already talking some fun stuff while we're here in Peoria and then also some cool new things that we're going to take back uh, to Petco Park and back to San Diego. But yeah, it won't be an exact replica of the show you found last year. Uh, Mm -hmm. It will still be a comfortable uh, facsimile, I guess. So it's not going to be anything too wild of a departure, but we're definitely going to do some new stuff, some fun stuff. And yeah, I'm not going to give anything away just yet, but make sure to watch or listen or however you consume the show because it's going to be really fun, really exciting. Uh, I like having fun with the content I produce, and we're definitely going to do that this year. Nice. Yeah, we're we're excited. Uh, so what's your impression? Uh, what's it like working with Nikki and Seth and, and Jesse and, and, and the gang? Seth, I gotta say, he he big times me so hard here, um, and he, he's gonna know that I'm gonna tell this story. So we're here, we're actually roommates here in Peoria. Uh, uh-huh. Looper to those of you who may yeah. recognize him from his uh, his nom de nom de show, and uh, so we're here. We're roommates with a third other another staff member from uh, the Padres, and I was the last one to get here. And you you would think you're a good producer would take care of his talent. He knows this is a new guy. <laughs> A new guy trying to assimilate and feel a little bit comfortable at home after just traveling the day that spring training starts, cross country. And what does he do? He leaves me with the smallest room with the worst view of the whole <laughs> He took the master bedroom with its own bathroom and uh, left me uh, with, with bedroom number three, a nice view <laughs> nice. of the parking lot here. 
Um, so he he just, yeah, he took the new guy and said, no mercy. Uh, so we're going to have to try and work past the, the early speed bumps of our relationship. But <laughs> no, he's a great guy, and, and Nikki's amazing as well, and she is doing so much work for the Padres this year, um, and she's going to be really spearheading a lot of good initiatives for us content-wise. And Jesse's been great. He's already here in Peoria as well. Uh, getting ready for the season and just being able to pick his brand and watch bullpen sessions with him and, you know, be in the team complex with him and getting to just get that experience and that knowledge that he had of doing this show for two years and seeing what I can take from that and what I can make my own and just really, he's been amazing. So I can't say enough good things about the whole team uh, here. They've welcomed me with open arms. I think they know that we have a lot of good, fun times ahead and that we're going to produce a great show this year. And I can't thank them enough. Just a couple of days in, already looking forward to what this season's going to bring. Nice. Yeah, it sounds like you're, you're having a, a great time. And it's it's fantastic to know that your heart is in the game and that it's always been in the, in the game of baseball. And it's, it's reassuring for Padre fans to know that we're going to have someone out there that's uh, you know all about the game, all about the love of the sport, if you will. 100%. It's going to be a fun 2016. Nice. Um, all right, Mike. I don't know if I have any other questions. Uh, Patrick, did you have anything else uh, for Mike before we uh, let him go? I mean, I think we did a pretty good job of a brief overview of Mike's life here. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was born at 1.05 p.m. at Kent General <laughs> Hospital. No, thank you, guys. This was really fun, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, and, yeah, looking forward to having a great year and keeping up with you guys and all that you produce. And, yeah, let's see what the Padres can do. It should be a fun spring and a fun summer. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. We we really appreciate you taking the time out. I know I know it's been a hectic week for you, and uh, I hope you're you're adjusting well to the Padre life. Oh, 100% for sure. And one more time for the plugs, don't forget to check us out, Padres online at Padres.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. Check out Friarwire, the blog, uh, Social Hour when it comes out. It's uh, We're Definitely. putting a lot of stuff out there. We hope you guys enjoy all of it. Definitely, and and also give Mike a follow on Twitter at Mike Janelle. Oh yes, how could I forget? Gotta, I'm so you gotta I'm so get your selfless. Twitter followers up. <laughs> I'm so selfless. Yeah, it's Mike Janella. It's all one name: uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Mike M I K E, and then J A N E L A. Give me a follow. Would love to uh, chat with you guys online. So hit me up. Thank you, Mike, so much for your time. I appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to hopefully uh, talking to you again soon. Have a good one, guys. Take Thanks, care. Mike. Uh, well, fun, uh, Padre fans, that was Mike Janela here uh, talking Padre baseball with us. It was uh, really nice of him to take uh, time off. I know he's been hectic uh, time for him uh, just joining the Padre family. Um, Patrick, what was your impressions of him? I mean, I, I, I can't complain. He seems like a great guy, uh, passionate about baseball, looking to bring uh, good things to the social hour. And I'm looking forward to watching. Definitely, yeah. No, I think the you know the rule number one was that his his love is is in the game and his heart is in the game, and I think that uh, that should put a lot of fans uh, at ease that uh, the Padres made a wise selection, and uh, we look forward to a year with uh, Mike Janela as the host. A um, couple of minor uh, signings, a couple minor new uh, news and notes here from the Padres. Uh, today they signed uh, Casey Jansen, uh, former Blue Jay closer. Uh, I guess he was with the Nationals last season. Uh, decent uh, veteran relief pickup uh your thoughts patrick i mean i just like like you said good good uh, veteran relief pickup um provides a little veteran leadership since a lot of the guys in the bullpen are young so -hmm. i think between him villanueva and rodney that's a good i guess core of veterans if they all make the team yeah um kind of just a, a low risk move i mean i don't see it as anything huge but i mean why not right 
Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a smart move. Uh, being the fact that we have the uh, three Rule Five pitchers on the on the on the roster right now on the forty man roster, you'd have to think that you know maybe one of them will make the team. So there's going to be a couple of roster spots available here and there. And uh, I think Jansen, uh, if he health wise, should uh, should be a, a vital key of the you know seventh eighth inning kind of guy for the Padres in, in 2016. And you know he does have experience closing, so. You know, we could always go that route as well if if, if something uh, is an issue with uh, Rodney. Yeah, I think if that injury is more serious or if he struggles, you need kind of a backup option. And, I mean, there's a few guys that could fill that role, but I think Casey Jansen's probably the most experienced in that sort of role. So in, yeah. that, in that way, it makes a good deal of sense as well. Yeah, they, they, uh, Padres also signed uh, Greg Reynolds uh, two days ago, uh, former Rocky uh, number one pick. Um, you know, not much of a, a prospect, if you will, kind of more of an arm, uh, kind of a organizational depth, depth, if you will, uh, for the upper minor leagues. Uh, you know, outside chance, you know, the, the Padres are probably going to pick up a lot of uh, veteran type players like this. Uh, there's, there's room. Uh, there's rumors about uh, Patrick's boy Tim Linscomb, who, <laughs> who, who he loves to write about. <laughs> yeah, I always end up writing about him somehow. <laughs> I always hated him, but now I think I can like him if he comes to play for the Padres. Yeah, so there's the you know there's always that route. There's always a chance the Padres could go uh, go a little a little bit of more bargain shopping, if you will. Yeah, I think um, I think Linscomb would definitely be a, a great pickup if they can swing that. He, from what I'm hearing, he looks to be as healthy as he's been in years. Uh, seems mm-hmm. to have his form back. He's obviously not going to be a Cy Young pitcher again. I think that's gone, but. Yeah. If he can even regain some of that, he's he's definitely a great great option for the back of the rotation. Yeah, definitely. And, and his injury is a, is a hip; it's not an arm, which is also a yeah, you know yeah. positive thing. So you know, you kind of hope that uh, he can you know put in five six innings on the four or five uh, starter for the Padres, and you know anything you could get uh, at that point from him in his career is positive. And he will also bring fans to the seats, uh, which is another good thing for uh, the Padres this season. Yeah, he's definitely fun to watch. I'd say that much. <laughs> definitely. Um, all right, folks, uh, I think we are all set and done uh, with our uh, weekend podcast that we had uh, scheduled here with Mike Janella. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, Patrick, if you want to give us the uh, specifics, uh, and uh, I think we're good to go. Yeah, give us a follow on Podbean. Apparently it's a follow, not a like. I figured that out the hard way. <laughs> uh, same with iTunes. Uh, give us a review on there. Listen to us on there, whatever. Um, eastvillagetimes.com as always uh, give us a follow both on twitter I'm at patrickbrewer93 uh, james is at homegrownpadres and yeah that's, that's pretty much it here alright thank you so much again uh, to Mike for joining us today and uh, thanks Patrick for uh, putting this all together um, East Village Times podcast signing out <laughs>